This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. We will tune in with the Rangers general manager Chris Young and their newest starting pitcher Nathan Ubaldi coming up in just a minute. But before we get to that, by the way, this is going to be like a bonus lunch rush at Expressway right here. Is Corey, once we're just talking about who, who breaks football news, Schefter has some <laughs> logical and then some shocking information about what the AFC is going to do. Pete Sweeney, the I think the editor for Kansas City Chiefs something. Uh, I'll have to go back and look. Let's say .com. The .com, the, he's the editor-in-chief and lead Kansas City Chiefs writer at Arrowhead Pride. Uh, so there you go. That gives okay. you a little idea. Okay. He quoted and summarized Adam Schefter. On ESPN, Schefter said he expects a decision on Bills-Bengals before Saturday's games kick off. That means the Chiefs, Raiders, Titans, Jaguars. So they would not wait to see how that plays out. He added he does not expect the Bills-Bengals to resume, and that would mean that the win percentage determines seeding. Okay, so if the game doesn't happen, they go on win percentage. He also said that the NFL is considering options, such as allowing the number one seed to pick home field, or a bye week. So they get the choice. That's you get a, crazy you get a bye to week me. or you get home field advantage. Another option, and in a, an AFC title game between two teams with differing number of games. So this would be like, you know, yeah. uh, so is a neutral site. So no decision has been made yet, but these are, they're basically said, hey, there's no dumb options. Bring them all to the table. Let's lay them all out there. But yeah, that would be amazing home field, or a bye week, and then no Did neutral site. The bye week, right? If I get home field and my first opponent, if I take home field but I have to play and I get to pick what's the who's going to be the worst team, let's just say it's Baltimore. The, or the, the Patriots yeah. even. Well, maybe, yeah. yeah, or what if Baltimore's like Lamar Jackson isn't playing? Yeah. And you're like, I'll take home field and just have to play Baltimore in the I would first probably, round. Yeah, I would probably take home field every time. I think I'd take home field throughout it wow. and just take a and, and pick the worst team. Okay. Because and then but that would only matter in the AFC championship game, I'm assuming. You wouldn't then lose out on home field against the Chargers or whoever you would play in the second round. See, the first part makes all the sense in the world to me. They're not gonna make it up, go off a win percentage. Like, I get that. If the second part plays out. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And that would largely be for Buffalo and Kansas City. I don't want to go to Buffalo. Like, if I'm Kansas City, I would rather play Baltimore than go to Buffalo for the championship game. Did it? Would it change at all if, like, Lamar Jackson was back or you're like, I'm still looking so big fine, picture. Pick, pick New England. Does that make sense? Like, I still, you're saying I get to pick the opponent and I, get. I don't um, think you get to pick the opponent. No, no, you. So you just go to the two seed, you but you pick, you get home field against the one seed. Yeah. you either get yeah, Fine, home then, field. Then I'm good. All right, looks like the Rangers are ready to go right here in your home of the Rangers and the Cowboys. One hundred five three, the fan. So we'll start with an opening statement from Chris. Uh, thank you, Rich, and happy New Year to everybody. Thank you all for being here on. Another special day uh, for the Rangers and a fun off season um, for our fans. Um, like to really start by thanking ownership for the commitment they've made this entire offseason and even last offseason uh, to building a winning franchise. Um, we have made a commitment to accelerate our timetable to win and uh, our rebuild uh, that we started a couple years ago uh, via free agency and the resources that our ownership has provided. And uh, today is another reflection of that and an exciting day for our franchise. Um, I want to talk about um, 
Nate and the newest addition to our team. And um, I think his pedigree as a pitcher speaks for itself. But uh, there were a number of things that really stood out in terms of why he's a fit for the Texas Ranger and was a primary target for us in free agency. And it really came about in uh, one of the Zoom meetings that we had uh, in the beginning stages of the offseason when uh, I asked Nate one question, which is, you've accomplished a lot as a pitcher. What do you wish to accomplish in the next chapter of your career? And it was almost a reflexive answer, um, instinctively said, um, I want to win championships. And uh, that really rang true in terms of what we're looking to do, how we're looking to build our club, and the type of people that we need here. Uh, Nate's a winning person, a winning teammate. Um, he's an unbelievably hard worker. He values the role as a leader and uh, really embodies everything we want our players to be. And we couldn't be more thrilled to have him now as a member of the Texas Rangers. Uh, we welcome Nate, his wife Becca, and their kiddos um, to the Rangers. And uh, congratulations. Thank you. Just hold it up real quick for one, and then we'll put it on. Straight to the back there. All right. Put it on. <laughs> You're listening to Nathan Uvalde put on his new Rangers jersey as part of the press conference right here on 105.3 The Fan. It looks like he's five foot two in this press conference. It's because Chris Young is a giant human being. Chris Don't Young worry about tall. that part. He's number 17. He's six foot two. That's not too short. Is he? Why do they, if you're going to wear a jersey. All right. All right, here we go. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we'll take questions now. Please state your name and affiliation before you ask your question and wait on the mic. First question. Nathan Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, can you, Chris addressed a lot of stuff in that, con in that statement, but I I'm wondering if you can talk uh, to the same ideas of why you wanted to be here and one word that he mentioned was leader, and I'm, I'm curious what your definition of, of, of leader is. No, I mean, um, you know, I think when it comes down to leader, I'm not the guy who's going to be giving the big speeches in the clubhouse, things like that, but I will be the guy who's going to be out there supporting my teammates, um, always being available for them. Um, you know, I love being out there watching bullpens, things like that, and then also, too, working on my craft. and. Um, I'm excited to be able to be here to work with all the young guys that are here. Um, you know, Maddox, the technology and everything that the Rangers have and provide, um, I think that's going to help us out tremendously. And then also, too, just working um, working with the guys and with the things that I've learned in the past. Um, you know, I've dealt with injuries. I've dealt with um, the ups and downs of a season and also having the success of things. Um, so I feel like I've been able to, you know, go through everything. Um, and I think one of the biggest abilities is just being able to slow the game down and help those young guys see that. And um, I don't know, just be, be able to be here for them and my teammates. <clears throat> Nathan, Jeff Wilson with the uh, Rangers today. You want to win championships. Mm -hmm. what, what sold you that this is the place where you can do that? Um, I think it's about the way the ownership's been going on building the organization. I think from the, from the ground up, we have it doesn't. It, it it takes more than just the 25 guys, the 40 man guys. It takes the entire organization, and they. I feel that they want to win, and it. You know, it starts with this season. Um, they went out. You know, we were able to get Degrom, Heaney. And one of the biggest needs was pitching. You know, um, Martin was able. To, he had a, a an outstanding season last year. We were able to add me to the rotation. We got Dunning Gray. We have a abundance of starting pitching, and that's not even you know reaching down into the minor leagues for the. Arms that are ready to come up, um, you know, the bullpen's great. You've got the offense, the defense. I, I just think it's now it's time to show those, uh, prove to the younger guys and the guys that are already here that we can compete and, and we can win. Nathan, Jared Sandler, uh, the fan in Rangers Radio. Uh, not many guys throw splitters these days. I'm just curious, when did you start? And why has that been such a good pitch? And, and maybe uh, if there was a person or people who've kind of helped you evolve that pitch into to what it is. Yeah, so um, 
at the end of 14 when I was with the Marlins, you know, I had a lot of innings, but I was giving up a lot of hits as well. And I was mainly fastball slider, mixing the curveball a little bit. And Chuck Hernandez was my pitching coach at the time, and he said he wanted to work on um, a fosh, I mean, basically a fastball changeup grip, just spread the fingers wider. And I took to it right away. And when I got traded over to the Yankees, Larry Rothschild was, hey, well, this is the pitch we're going to be working on. And, um, I, you know, I, I think just for me, I, I have big hands and I can spread the ball pretty easily in my fingers. And I think just being able to throw that for strikes, it's I got I can start at the top of the zone for a strike and then command can command it below the zone as well. And um, I think it just adds my repertoire and of my pitches. And um, I don't know. I think just with the splitter alone, it's just always been my kind of my go-to pitch. I just throw like a fastball and trust it. And what does it mean to you to be able to pitch in the state of Texas? I mean, it's everything. Um, I think one of the biggest things is family. It's, you know, we're four hours away. We're south of Houston, but it's a lot easier for them to commute, come up here, see us during the game, uh, during the season. I know everybody always loved it when we'd go down there and play the Astros because there was an opportunity for them to come out and watch me play. And even if I wasn't playing, they would come out there to just watch the game and support us. So um, it's going to be a lot better, I think, this year having them so close. And, and you know, it's, it's still, they still have to commit the drive and to come up here, but um, I think it's going to be a lot fun, a lot more fun for them as well. Hey, Nathan. Leslie McCaslin, Valley Sports. Welcome. Um, you mentioned the ownership, but mm -hmm. how did CY sell you on the future of the Rangers and what he sees for this club? I, I mean, I think it's just the vision that they have. Um, again, you saw what they were able to do last year, adding the guys that they needed, and then they went out and they addressed the issues that we that they had from last season. And I would say that, you know, they did everything that they could in adding to the starting rotation. And again, I, I view starting pitching as the key to winning a championship. I think everything falls off of that. When the guys know that, you know, you have your guy on the mound who's going to go out there and go seven innings, they have the confidence coming into the field every day. If, you know, you're not trying to piece a team together, you have those guys out there taking the ball for you the entire season. And you can't just do it with the five guys. You know, we have seven, eight, nine guys. And again, that's where I touch. I'm not too familiar with everybody down in the minors, but everybody's got the guy ready to come up and, um, you know, help the team compete to win. And for me, that was one of the biggest pieces. And then also, too, all the technology again. I've always been big on um, mechanics and having an understanding of what I'm doing out there. And I do a lot of dry work and I work on, uh, I work on my craft all the time. And they have, um, what is it called? The uh, sports science lab. Yeah, the sports <laughs> science lab, I guess. And it's, uh, I mean, we got a tour of everything, and I'm just excited to be able to go in there and you get that instant feedback right away. So, what type of leader would you say you are? A lot of guys lead by example. Mm -hmm. Some people are more vocal. What, what what will you bring? I would say leading leading by example. You know, I try to make sure I do everything right, and I try to. Uh, I mean, I don't try. I I take a lot of pride when I come into the field. You know, it's I'm missing time away from my family, so I don't want to be coming into the field not working and um, you know the Rangers are putting a lot of faith in me to come out there and uh, take the ball every start and that's what I want to be able to do and uh, go out there and compete for the fans you know and again show them that we can win and, um, and go out there and win. Nathan when when the Rangers agreed with Heaney um, during the middle of the winter meetings that gave them five experienced starters as you're watching the market was there a point in time where you thought okay Texas is not going to be an option for me did this at all did this development come as a surprise at all to you yeah i mean just during the whole process it was uh i felt it was different this time around um there were a lot of teams that were interested and then it faded or you know they they got to make moves to make their team better and you know when they got the grom and added heaney i i did i thought the chance might be over but uh, my agency did an outstanding job and just staying on the ball and um you know we this was one of the places where we wanted to be. One being close to home, and two, how close or how much we felt that they wanted to win and go out there and compete. And again, there's ways about going out there and competing, and uh, trying to piece together a team. And it's one of the ways that we liked. And uh, again, my agency did an outstanding job and staying in communication with CY and Ray, and we were able to get it done. And I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Do you feel in that regard like you guys pushed it a little bit? Like you went, you basically went to the Rangers and said, we'd like to be there? Um, I mean, I, I'm not really sure how it works on both sides. <laughs> I, I try to stay out of it as much as I can. I, again, I, I'm trusting them to get the job done for me, and I, they were able to go out there and do that for me. 
Evan, just to piggyback on that, it was mutual. Um, and Nathan and his representation at ACES did a tremendous job of making this happen. Um, the timing aligned to where it came together, um, and we certainly couldn't be more thrilled, but it was certainly, the feeling was mutual. Nathan, your, your career RA in the postseason is just a tick over three. What, what about the postseason gets you going? I feel like you play your entire season to get there to the postseason, and it comes down to the wire, and it's it comes down to winning, you know, eleven more games, and um, it, for me, it's doing everything I can in those moments to be able to uh, I don't know, put the team on the back in a way to go out there and give them everything. Uh, again, I don't know. It's just, it's something about the postseason, the vibes, the fans, the energy that it brings, and being able to step out there and know that you have the ball and you know. The ball's in your hand, essentially, and you're setting the tone for the team. I, I think all the hard work and everything that comes into it, all the preparation, it all comes down to that one moment. And I don't, I don't know. It, it's just something about the moment. I, I love it. There you go. Nathan Valdi right here on 105.3 The Fan. We will talk with him probably about noon, but... We're not only the home of the Texas Rangers, we're also the home of the Dallas Cowboys. So I take you to Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. We embrace. I mean, it's a, to me. I always looked at it as an energy source. You know, you know the the pride uh, that that's in the bricks and and everything around here. I mean, it is obviously built by the generations before us, and and I think it's something that. Um, we, I think we do a great job of honoring it, acknowledging it, but I've always looked at it as it's, it's an energy, energy source. I mean, pride and where you work, you know, who you, who you work for, uh, the success before you. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't think it's a negative at, at, at any means. Michael, Michael Gelfin, Dallas, where you use your penalties are way down the past five games, including on offense. That's what we do with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> What do you test? Uh, certainly, only a few on offense uh, these past handful of games. What do you test that? I mean, it's purely 110 percent coaching. I mean, there's there's no way around that. But uh, no, I, I just think it's a credit to our players. I mean, it's uh, obviously I think just like anything, you know, you you go through corrections, you emphasize things on a on a daily basis. Uh, you always have growing pains. I don't I don't care how long you you coach in this league, especially just the way this league's gone with with younger players. Obviously, we're we we played a lot of you know we're playing younger players a lot the last two years so I think you just you just stay the course and, and they've done a great job a great job amongst themselves and you know enough's enough and and you can hear the chatter in practice when you know when when you, and when things aren't the way they should be and you know we've implemented a couple things just to emphasize it even more but I think our our, our players have been super cognizant of it uh, the urgency is definitely there because we know you know how that can hold you back so. No, they, they've done a great job the last five weeks. As part of that, do you feel like when you, after games, you know, at the team meeting, you show pre-snap penalties that reinforces it the players to further? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you definitely have, you know, different ways of emphasizing, whether it's PowerPoint, video. Um, you know, I, I just think like anything, uh, you know, every minute of every team meeting, every offensive meeting, walk through, you know, how many reps you're getting, I mean, you know that's that's part of the the, the competition as a coach, and you know, so everybody you know emphasizes differently. Um, but you know, once again, I, I think the, the reality of it is it it, ha- it has to be in the locker room. You know, and, and if if you want something that you're trying to get done as a coach, uh, regardless, you know, if it, fundamentals or you know things that aren't quite what they are, I mean, it it has to have a, it has to become a culture. You know, a locker room focus, and, and I think our players have done an excellent job of that. Hey, Coach Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Um, how did Matt Farniak look at his first practice back, and is he physically at a point where there's at least a chance he's available for Washington? Um, I think it, it really excellent question. Is today's a big day for him? You know, we'll go through the first half of practice and pads, and so I uh, really want to see him work in the you know the individual work, you know, the pass rush, the the team run, you know, nine and seven type type period. So. Those will be big, big, big periods for us as far as his evaluation. Christy Scales, Cowboys Radio, kind of piggybacking on uh, Michael's uh, question about the penalties. And you've talked to us throughout the year about how different weeks you've emphasized different things. And I think it was after the Jacksonville game there were a large number of big plays Mm -hmm. in that game that you mentioned. What's the point of emphasis this week, and does it change anything? Last regular season game going into playoffs. 
Well, I mean, the reality of it is that the Cowboy Six is 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 really the focal points, you know, from from day one. It's the fundamentals of of the game of football, you know. And you, we all grow up with ball security, you know, tackling, uh, obviously blocking. But you know, we, we treat big plays as as one of the the six fundamentals of you know being successful in pro football. You cannot win in the NFL without big plays. Uh, it's something that you know that we chart, you know, throughout the game. I mean, it's something that I it's a it's a point of emphasis that I always make at halftime. It's one of the points that I talk about at halftime. You know, say, hey, we're 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 nine. You know, we're nine and there's six. We're plus three. There's going to be another 15, 16, 17 big plays. You know, because I, I think the biggest thing about big play opportunities, you just can't chase them. You know, and I, I think the bigger the game, um, when you know, it's it, that there's a discipline, an emotion discipline in big play opportunities. I mean, it's obviously I think. You know, people may think it's the, the physical, but it's to me, it's more the mental and emotional discipline that that keeps you, you know, ready ready to go when that opportunity presents itself because it's gonna it's gonna happen. I mean, it's been proven thirty to thirty two big play opportunities are, are available each game. So, and it's it's something that we like I said, if it's part of our Cowboys six, it's a primary focus for us. It's it's a primary um, as far as the commitment of time, energy, teaching, education. So. Uh, big plays is, is is you know part of our every every week conversation and emphasis. Mike uh, Calvin Watkins, Dallas Morning News. I got two for you. Uh, Joseph, will he be back today? Joseph. Calvin Joseph. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get, you missed yeah. uh, are you surprised uh, Turpin hasn't worn down considering how many games he's played, or are you like am amazed by how much energy he has? Um. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, I, I haven't seen any slowdown him at all. Uh, he's a little under the weather today, you know, so um, you know I haven't got the final on that. Um, you know, he, he pulled out of the meetings; was, he was wasn't feeling very good. So, um, but no, I. You know, it is. I mean, you think about it, just just in his second season, and so uh, you know, and just the returns. You know, we haven't really used him on offense as as much as as we've had him um, prepare for. You know, as far as the, when you look at his number of reps. So, but yeah, he's done a great job. You know, playing this much football. Mike, a few weeks ago you talked about Micah and, and Derek Thomas. I'm wondering if you talked about DeMarcus, where are there traits that they share that, oh, that you see with, with, with those two guys? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just 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 clearly from an offensive perspective, you know, when you when you compete against DeMarcus Ware, I mean, it's, you know, uh, every third down uh, game plan that I ever put in against him, he was, you know, he was a focal point. And whether we're sliding a protection to him, help, help him with the tight end. Um, so, I mean, th those are – the type of players that um, you know keep the offensive coordinators up a little longer because you know you, you just definitely you know uh, there's just no quit. I mean it's 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 constant and you know and you know you may feel like you you have it under control for you know 55, 60 plays and then you know two biggest plays of the game. You know he's he just had an incredible mo motor. Um, just obviously you know, played at, at a high level for just such a long time. Has Mike ever told you anything about their conversations that they've had the last couple of years? Uh, last year, uh, I just remember, you know, the the, the uh, individual work uh, that he was doing. You know, I, I know he was he he really enjoyed the, you know, the hand to hand combat drills and, and some of the things that. So and I think it's like anything, especially in today's game. I mean, our players. I mean, really, players in high school, little college. I mean, just the resources that they have, um, and and I, and I think it's um, a, a very positive thing to, to have those types of resources and to utilize them. So, yeah, that's definitely a relationship I hope Micah keeps at the forefront throughout throughout his time here. You're talking, when you're talking about the big plays, you're talking about the, <clears throat> not only the importance of them, but not chasing them over the course yeah. of the game. So when you put together a game plan and the flow of the game plan, do you periodically go look at certain stretches and say, well, we have to have something in here that allows us to yeah but to see that that, that, that that's yeah but but I think that's the misnomer of it and that's why we treat it as the way we do um, you know in, in big big places a you know a fourth down stop I mean you know, it's, it's so it's it's not just clearly okay here's the scheme design that we're gonna throw the ball deep on this play it gives us a big play opportunity but you got to have you know, you got to have big play opportunity focuses, but the reality of it is, you know, your your, your base run, your your inside zone or your outside lead zone, could be the biggest play of the game. You know, and, and that's something that, 
you know, you, you got you rep over and over again. I, I believe in when you put together offensive, you know, playbooks, defensive playbooks, you know, you have to have primary concepts, secondary concepts, and auxiliary concepts. And you know, another cool way of saying it is, you know, you got to have a fastball, you got to have a curveball, and you got to have a changeup. So, I think you really got to play to that because the reality of it is, when you get to the end of the journey, and you're going back through the season, uh, your fastballs are probably your most should be your most productive concepts because you know it's ROI, it's return on investment. I mean, those type of those types of focal points are, are important, and, and it's easy to get pulled away because you know you guys do such a great job with your analytics you know you're challenging us to be more diverse yeah yeah you Michael I'm talking about you but uh so more diverse and those types of things but I you know I I think you just you, you got to watch saying okay I, you know we're, we're down by 14 or we're down by 21 now we got to start pushing the ball deeper you know that just, that's not you know that's the mindset you don't want to have you know just keep keep playing you know most importantly trust yourself trust the teammate and trust the scheme that you're invested in, and those big plays will happen. So you're always looking at it holistically yes. as far as offense and defense, not just and special teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're, every time we line up, I mean, there's you know, was there 160 plays a game? I mean, it's every time you line up, there's there's an, there's an opportunity for a big play. Mike Jory, Yahoo Sports. You've talked about the challenges of training an offensive line in the off season, about how Tyron Smith had to get a bunch of his work in game. When you think about practicing run blocking, given how many offensive line changes you have right now, what can you do during the week and what's the key to getting as much work as you can? Well, I, I just like anything, you know, the foot, you know, the, the footwork, you know, playing fast, your aiming point, you know, just stressing the fundamentals, uh, you know, and I think over, over time and, it, and it's, and I think it's been great. It's been great for us as coaches. You, you, you've had to learn to be more creative, uh, you know, with, with the restrictions of, of padded work, which, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think there's such a misconception. I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole, but, you know, if you put pads on, you're not being safe with the players. That's it's totally incorrect. I mean, you can, you can practice with, with safer, you know, a safer environment in pads, you know, it, it's, but it, it should be more about how, what you're doing, you know, what specifically are you doing? So, uh, but I think just like anything in life, you see it all the time when they're, you know, when they're trying to correct something or make an emphasis, there's a tendency to overdo it. And I think it's clearly what we've done in the area of, of, of padded work because, you know, they, young players need to work, you know, with, you know, their pad level, their, their footwork and all those things. And, and it's not that, you know, every time you, you put pads on, it means you're, you're going to do a, you know, a 25 play 907 drill, you know, running lead zone every play. That, that's not, that, that's not, that's not the point. Because you know, we just just look the way the game's played. I mean, the, the new the role changes and the space and, and the angles and the, and the multiple schemes in the run game are higher than ever, higher than I can ever even recall. Uh, the utilization of the quarterback uh, in in the run game is higher than it's ever been in the National Football League. Now, these are all spatial challenges that that require the ability for our players to play at full speed, in in in, in, in with proper fits. So. Um, it sure as hell not the best way of doing it in walkthroughs all the time. I, 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 I think anybody that's ever coached or played football recognizes that. So um, you just you know you just got to find ways to be creative and and do the best you can. All right, there you go, Mike McCarthy, right here on, on one hundred five three. The fan. We will we hear from you about Ivaldi again. We will in the noon o'clock hour. Yes. I think he's going to jump on with us right about noon. So we will interview him for folks that want to hear more from him. We will get to that. I promise. But also, it's time for my buddies an idiot. Which I wish we could transcribe a lot of what this discussion was. Joey, will you back me up on that? Is it was amazingly that's, stupid. That's Slim Scotty. Slim Scotty. As <laughs> yeah. Mike decided, since he did very well in the name challenge yesterday, yeah. perhaps now he's naming he everybody. should give people <laughs> nicknames because Rodrigo's back there. And he said he goes by Rigo, and Mike goes, don't do that. Rigo and- Suave. <laughs> okay. It's a good one. All right. Not bad. Do any of your friends have a terrible sports, pop culture, or maybe last name opinion? Let us know, 877-881-1053. I don't know if either of these people are idiots, but I want the Tolos to decide in this scenario who the idiot is. During that press conference featuring Nathan Iovaldi, 
Mike Bassick attempted to call Jared Sandler to see oh if his my, phone would it ring. It was amazing. In the middle of this, in the middle of the presser, Jared and I tweeted this out. The consummate professional had his phone, his ringer turned off, did not answer, and proceeded to ask two questions in the press conference. Who's the idiot, Jared? Well, and the first I was of really which, hoping his phone would go off. The first of which was what? Not even ten seconds, seconds after seconds. Mike was calling him. <laughs> He did look kind of bored at that for those first two questions. That I think that's why Mike was like, you know what, I'm gonna call him. Well, yeah, he looked stuff. disinterested. He had his arms folded and slouching in his chair, and I'm like, you need to look like way more excited to be at this press conference. And I then guess I was gonna call him just to see if there was a way to get his phone to ring during the press conference, and everybody look at Sandler. <laughs> And you go, Bassick. <laughs> anyway, and what if it would have happened right when he was asking that question? His phone rings and he's like, I'm sorry, hold I on. Take this. Like, yeah. And then he would be like, Mike, What the hey, hell did you want? Mike's like, yeah. Let me ask the question. I'll, let me ask this one. We have questions for Evaldi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just thought it was really, really funny. From the 469, Kevin, my buddy's an idiot. He thought that Mike Tomlin was going to have his first losing season. Dude is a magician and could still make the playoffs somehow. I remember we talked about this, what, two or three weeks ago. Is there any chance Mike Tomlin could keep his non-losing season streak alive? And the consensus was no. Yet here they are, 8-8, eight and eight, and I do believe they're favored by two and a half points in their last game. And it is possible even if it's not super likely, it's still possible that they can make the playoffs, but it's looking like a decent shot that he has another non-losing season. He's an amazing coach. That's a garbage team this Is year. Is that why Pittsburgh has so many Hall of Famers? They just don't have those bad seasons like that. They're well, consistent. they did in the 80s. Okay. I remember yeah. being a kid going, this is a bad franchise. Like, you should have seen them in the 70s when you weren't alive. <laughs> but I will say this about Mike Tomlin. He's a great coach, arguably the best in the NFL. But I heard Ryan Clark, and I know he's a former Steeler, and he's going to be positive Steelers on ESPN. But he's like, man, this new quarterback, he's got onions, man. Did you see what he did, this and that? And I always find it interesting. And look, this is just all – we're all hypocrites. You're a hypocrite listening. I'm a hypocrite talking. We contradict ourselves quite a bit without even knowing we're contradicting ourselves. And I was like, man, you're talking about – how great he is. He won 16 to 13. If the other team would have scored 20 points, which isn't a lot, that would be a good defensive day from almost every NFL team to hold a team to 20. And he only put up 16. You'd be like, I don't think we can keep rolling with this guy. Kenny Pickett, by the way, I don't think we can keep rolling with this guy long-term if he's only going to put up 16. But as long as the other teams held to 13, then you say, man, this dude can do it. He's driving. He's He's doing all these great things, and look what he did at the at the end in his fourth quarter and everything. Like, but in the end, he put up sixteen yeah. points. Yeah. Like, and so it's just interesting how we kind of look at things through different lenses, how we have a perspective on different players or quarterbacks or whatever it is, based on maybe some of the bias that we have inside of us. Now, I thought, and somebody just texted this in from the two one four. I do believe. Texas A&M is idiots. At first, I thought that was going to be because they hired Bobby Petrino. But then... Oh, they watched basketball last night. Their basketball team didn't have jerseys for the start of the game against Florida yesterday. They, <laughs> they left... The team manager left the jerseys at the hotel. So, after they finished with warm-ups, they went back to go put their jerseys on, jerseys not there. They got a technical foul at the beginning of the game for not being ready to play the game and not having jerseys. I feel like that's something like my son ran into in third grade youth basketball is like flipping your jersey the right color. You should never not have the jerseys. Like that's your one of your key responsibilities is making sure everybody's uniforms are there. How does awesome. that happen? That should never happen. Does that person get fired? Was he new? I'm actually going to possibly see if that happens at the school I coach just because I'm tired of doing things for them. And so I want the people who are supposed to actually do jobs to actually do their job. And when they fail at their jobs, to be like, I'm not doing your job for you. From the 302, Mike is an idiot for not saying snap this year yet. He did yesterday. Yeah. And so, another day. Yeah. He's already you said gotta it. You got to listen more. Yeah. You got to tolo harder. And you know what? 
We need to start giving out badges for the true Tolos, the ones that to, do turn it on and leave it on and can prove it. Or I need free pizza coupons. What? Free pizza coupons? Yeah, I can I mean, make that you happen, think they too. they don't listen during commercials because it was a commercial It snap. was a commercial. That was the Frankels oh, yesterday. That was an amazing <laughs> snap. And also- And I snapped in the tease that Reggie made for coming up on Tuesday, <sighs> unless whoever was running the board that day didn't put it in. I don't know who was running the board on I, yes, I figured that. that Slim Scotty. It wasn't Reggie. Is who on the U.S. men's national team or who in this circle is the idiot? Have you been keeping up with this very bizarre story? Is this soccer related? I yes. barely have because I'm confused because I haven't read the story. In 1991, they're going Correct. to go back that many years? So the coach... Greg Berhalter, who had told, or I, I guess 30 years ago, 31 years ago, he kicked the girl he was dating in the legs. They eventually got married. Now, there was a whole, like, he he gave this big, long explanation. He was like, they didn't talk for seven months and everything like that, is U.S. soccer found out about it because Danielle Reyna the wife of former national team captain Claudio and mother of current player Gino told U.S. Soccer about it. So how it went down is you remember U.S. Soccer had like a disciplinary issue yes. at the World Cup and they almost sent a player home. Well, that was Gio. Sorry, I might I might have just said Gino. It was Gio. And so then his mom threatened Burhalter and and went to the U.S. men's national team, and currently there's an investigation ongoing about it for this that happened 31 years ago. And supposedly she said, because Burhalter then was about the same age as her son is now, said, well, he's mad at my son for making this mistake. Look at the mistake he made that was far worse when he was the same age. Interesting. That is that is so a very I don't know unique and interesting story. I feel like it's really tough in 2023 to go this mistake you made in 1991. Well, and she said in her statement, she goes, I thought it was an unfair that Gio, who had actually apologized, was being dragged when Greg had asked for and received forgiveness for doing something so much worse. And... I mean, if he still asked for forgiveness back then, like, I I mean, he walked it through everything that had happened with his wife. It sounded awful, and she refused to talk to him for seven months before talking to her family. And the whole situation is a cluster. Like, obviously, don't put your hands on a woman or don't kick a woman. And then, like, your mom's going to fight your battles because you were hurt that you did something at the World Cup. And it's, I don't... It's a gigantic cluster. I had not seen this story yet, Kevin. I'm reading up on it right now, and I will have more of an opinion on it later. It could reappear in Forgiveness Friday. Okay. And do you think Gio's like, hey, thanks, Mom, for getting involved in this and pulling my name into it? I can't imagine, like, he's super stoked about Probably that. Probably not, yeah. I mean, kind of feels like it would go against something later on down the road for him. Absolutely. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next. It's time for Gridiron Gravy. More on the rest of the Hall of Fame candidates. Plus, would Tom Brady really go here? Yes. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. On the same page at the right time. Third down here. All day. Brady letting it fly. Evans is open again. He's got it. Evans inside the 10 and he scores. Would Tom Brady really go to one of these teams? That's one of the things we'll chop up as we go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Dip. Biscuits. And we start with news about the Cowboys-Commanders game is Commanders running back Antonio Gibson has been placed on injured reserve, so he will not be playing in the regular season finale either. Okay. It doesn't matter. They're horrible. <laughs> that is that is true. Do you think their coach is going to get fired? I think there's a lot of questions that people have brought up in that they are in such peril organization-wise with possibly selling what amount of portion of the team. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, are they trying to get a new stadium? All of these things. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think that they are in like this holding pattern of we can't go get quarterbacks. We yeah. can't fire coaches. We like it's a it's a horrible situation in Washington. So I don't know. What a dumb team. Snap! They're so dumb. Dang it! They're the Should dumbest. Have known that was going to happen. All right, you guys ready for some more? Damar Hamlin updates. Now, we gave the update from the Bills earlier. A couple more things on that front is Damar Hamlin's dad addressed the Bills and told them about the progress that he's making. I still that was have, yesterday, right? Yeah. On Zoom? Yeah. I still have no idea what the Bills, like how they react to that. Like, I'm just thinking, do you go out there and you're like, all of this is for him and go out and annihilate everyone? Does it take a minute? Because you're still like, you see a hit and you're like, oh my gosh. Well, I showed my son after uh, it was over. He asked me if I'd ever seen anything like that. And I said, the one that I can remember is Hank Gathers. And for people that don't remember this, that aren't old enough, Hank Gathers in 1990 slash 91 uh, was going to be a top five pick in the draft from Leola Marymount, and he died on the basketball yep. court from a cardiac uh, arrest, yep. heart attack. Um, and so I don't know how many games they didn't play, but they pretty much played pretty quickly afterwards, and there's a guy named Bo Kimble who yes. ended up being a lottery pick for the L.A. Clippers. Remember really when he shot the – Right, throw. and so yeah. they they made it to the Elite Eight. They were this, you know, obviously Leo and Marymount's the same. They're a private small school. They made the tournament. They had two very good players. They lost their best player, and Bo Kimball shot uh, left-handed free throws, the first one of, of each game, and made every single one of yep. them. Uh, and they were able to make it to the Elite Eight on this magical run, and that was the year that Hank Gathers died, and it was for Hank. So I could see. And they lost to UNLV who won the title. Yeah. So like, you know. I could see where the Buffalo Bills uh, use this in a very positive way, especially because it's sounding great that DeMar Hamlin is going to make it out of this. It sounds like it. I mean, there's things that can happen, but it sounds very positive right now that he's going to survive this. And the Bills put out another statement saying that his lungs were improving. Now, like, take that for yeah. what you will. I don't know specifically what that means, but that seems good. I'm not sure that you've announced this, Kevin, yet. Uh, I just saw this for the first time from Robert Griffin III. He tweeted out a picture of Denny Kellington. Do you know who Denny Kellington is? I do. He is the man who performed CPR on DeMar Hamlin on the field, on oh, site, okay. and essentially saved his life in that moment. So uh, Robert Griffin III, I don't know if he is a 
is like a part of the the staff, like the training staff or what. But he is the one that was responsible for that moment. And Roger Robert Griffin the third said this dude's a real life hero, and that's absolutely oh, for true. For sure. I mean, the great thing is, is you have a lot of people who are trained to do that on a staff because you had the people on the staff who know how to do that, the trainers and the doctors, and then you had a. Um, pretty quickly the ambulance come out with EMTs who are trained to do that. So uh, they did a great job. I have this question for you guys. If you had to do CPR, if something happened right now to one of us, would you know how to do it and where to do yes. it at and, and the pace to do it at? And I would, but that is at least in part because we just took – a CPR class before Noah was born for adult and baby CPR. So I would, I would say it's very important. Corey, you can answer. Sorry. Yeah, I was a certified lifeguard, and okay. so I had to learn that. And then also the baby training classes as well with all the kids. At least at the YMCA when I took it recently, and I know it's been since COVID, because but I had to do it like five, six years in a row, is that breathing into the person's mouth isn't really as important as making sure the yes. compressions are great. If yep. you, if for some reason you didn't breathe into their mouth, that would not be the end of the world. If you kept the compressions going at a good pace, uh, at a good rate. But I would say for our listeners, especially if you're an adult, it's a good idea to find a class to know if you're a right. child is choking or a baby is choking or an adult is choking, or if somebody does uh, go into some sort of, cardiac arrest that you could be able to help until like an EMT or a professional could get there. The GoFundMe is now above 7.2 million. And it's really cool to see how many people across the sports world have donated is Jeannie bus is on there at $2,503. You see a lot of three on there for, for Hamlin. Andy Dalton is on there at, uh, at three grand and we talked about Chris Jericho already. The Commanders, 5,000. Devontae Adams, 5,000. Mike Evans Foundation, 5,000. Tom Brady, 10,000. Russell Wilson and Ciara, 10,000. Sean McVay, 10,000. Houston Texans, Cleveland Browns, 10,000, 10,000. Matthew Stafford, 12,000. Robert Kraft and the Patriots, 18,000. And then Jim Ursay and the Indianapolis Colts, one of the two high donators along with the Sheets Laundry Club at $25,003. So that GoFundMe has gotten more than 223,000 different donations and is now above $7.2 million. Man, it'll be so exciting because uh, I know this has been a lot of nervousness, a lot of sadness, yeah. is that hopefully in the next few days or a few weeks when DeMar Hamlin is – Somewhat, and when I say completely healthy, able to to sure. think, eat, breathe, all all the kind of just common things yeah. that we need to as a human do, is that when he sees his charity have this much yeah, money, that is then, a great point. Like, like That's he, a great point. He probably, point. I mean, at this point, we're pretty sure he doesn't have any idea of these things I that have happened. I cannot imagine since. how He's he just would just gaining consciousness and stuff. So I just keep thinking, like, what a triumph of the human spirit it would be if, like he was able to go and see them in the Super Bowl or just something like that. But you know what? Quite frankly, maybe even him being alive right now is a yeah. triumph of the human spirit. Now, Joe Burrow, by the way, and I think this is the only logical answer in this moment. He was asked about resuming Monday night's game, and he said, we want whatever the Bills want. Like, I, I think that's the proper answer. It feels like it's still not the right time if he was like, well, we want to get that number one seed, so we need to play this game. Like, that just feels like that would not be received well. So, But now, as Corey brought up earlier, it's sounding more and more like perhaps the game will just be canceled. Yeah, no contest is yep. what I'm seeing. Burrow, like, I just don't understand. Like, Burrow seems like the most likable quarterback to, like ever. He's just either the cool element. All the words that I just attempted to say were really weird, and it sounded weird. Sure, but uh, but he's he's got the cool element that goes along with it, and then he's very thoughtful. Like in this instance specifically, like just very thoughtful, and he understands like the whole role of leadership. Now we brought up Tom Brady and where his next stop might be. Well, his next stop is going to be the playoffs, but. A team that has come up time and time and time again 
How do you feel about Tom Brady leading the Raiders next year? Yeah. I, I, seems relevant. I mean, or it seems like it was destined to happen at one point anyway. Like they were this close to making the deal for yeah. him to be is it there. Dana before. White who announced that last yeah. year, and then other and, things happened. And I mean, he knows McDaniel's. Like they got rid of Derek Carr, like essentially for a reason here. So there's a lot of things that make sense for it, except that division. Yeah, the you want, you want to go in there against Patrick Mahomes? Well, I mean, Russell Wilson did. Yeah. We see that. How Tom. did how'd that go for him? I'm just, sure it'll work out just as well for Tom Brady, if not better. Oh. I mean, he did. And Justin Herbert did accomplish what we said he had to accomplish this he got year. In the playoffs. He did yes, make he the playoffs. So, I mean, that's a guy that people love as a top five quarterback in this league. And some people are like, it's just stats. He's not winning, but he's won enough now to, to take be in the, the, playoffs. the playoffs. And you're right. That is what I set the bar for him. By the way, we talked a lot about Darren Woodson and DeMarcus Ware, the other 15 modern Hall of Fame finalists. Patrick Willis, Reggie Wayne, Zach Thomas, Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, Albert Lewis, Andre Johnson, Torrey Holt, Devin Hester, Dwight Freeney, Rondé Barber, Willie Anderson, and Jared Allen. So that is the rest. There's 15 candidates as part of the modern era field. And as we brought up, Chuck Howley is one of the senior finalists. For the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, Coming up next, I do believe it's just about time to talk to the Texas Rangers' newest pitcher, Nathan Eovaldi. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.